1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right.
1: I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and thank you for joining us for this Friday edition of Collider dailies. What's up, Steve? How was your Thanksgiving? Any, uh, any good news? Good, good food to tell us about.
0: I saw the hunger games in IMAX yesterday and um, uh, it was fantastic because I've never seen a movie on Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, we went to the 11. 11- 20 a.m. show and it was maybe 10 of us in the theater in a huge IMAX theater it was exactly the way I wanted to watch that movie
1: So I've gone to many many a Thanksgiving movie. I used to uh, have a birthday tradition to go to a movie on my birthday every year. And for so many years, it was Hunger Games. This year I opted for steak instead of a movie. And I feel like that was the right choice. Also, let me just take a moment to show off my really cool sweatshirt that my sister and uh, her family got me. It says, Auntie. And look at this on the side. there's like no good way to show you this, but it says my my niece and my nephew's names on it. And I just got a new nephew recently. So I'm like very excited about my sweatshirt, Steve. And also it's cold <laughs> in New York, so I'm even more excited about it.
0: Uh cool. I uh it's not cold where we are. Or where uh, I am.
1: I'll be I'll be back soon enough. I'll be back soon enough. All right. Here is our first story of the day. It is our title topic of the day. It is this squid game lawsuit. A British personal injuries law firm is representing two unnamed players who say they suffered hypothermia and nerve damage while shooting in cold conditions in the UK. These particular claims involve injuries sustained during the red light green light game, which, if you've watched the show, is the first episode of the show. Um, Netflix did confirm at the time that apparently three of the 456 players did require medical attention. Here's a quote from the CEO of Express Solicitors, Daniel Slade. It's an organization that specializes in no win, no fee claims. He said contestants thought they were taking part in something fun and those injured did not expect to suffer as they did. Now they have been left with injuries after spending time being stuck in painful stress positions in cold temperatures. Um, another quote is no lawsuits have been filed by any of the squid game contestants. We take the welfare of our contestants extremely seriously. I assume that was from uh Netflix um, deadline also noted that they reported in February that, uh, Squid Game, the challenge, faced an independent safety inspection after the medical incidents on set. Britain's health and safety executive reminded producers to plan properly for risk on the recreation of the blockbuster Korean drama, but ultimately decided that no further action was necessary. So this is a an interesting report. Um, I had not watched any of the reality show. And then when I saw this report, knew we were going to bring it up, I did start watching it last night and uh with watching it with this report in mind i was flagging certain shots where you could definitely see people like putting their hands in their sleeves and and going like that and i understand how that does not align with how you play red light green light so i i could see some of this in the finished show as far as the show goes I couldn't turn it off, Steve. Couldn't turn it off. <laughs> uh,
0: I haven't seen it at all, but I do remember all the reports coming out during filming, and I don't understand just just truly uh, these kind of reality shows, like Survivor, for example. I used to watch a lot of Survivor, mm. and uh, I don't think people realize you really got put through the ringer on these shows. These are not like pretend where you're pretending to be hungry. You are being pushed to the to your, you know, um, to your limit in terms of the lack of food, the lack of sleep, the lack of everything. And that's essentially what you're signing up for, knowing that. Now, I don't know if people understood the severity of what Squid Game, the challenge would be when they were getting involved. But I would have thought going in, this is not going to be an easy game to win money. But I, I, I don't know. And also, the question is, did people sign when they were signing up and joining or before they started filming were they told by producers this is going to be really hard and it's going you know what i mean were they were they told about the risks prior to filming because if you are informed of all risks and then you sign paperwork you're on your own i mean you just are and if but if they weren't told about what was going to be happening and they sort of signed on without knowing those risks then the producers might have a problem
1: yeah I, I i mean i would think producers of a reality game show like this do know the the need to fully disclose all risks involved and have people sign the appropriate paperwork. Um, Sam in the live chat brings up something that I was thinking about before even watching the show when the show was first announced. Sam said the reality show seems to completely contradict the point of the OG show. So this was the big thing that weighed heavily on my mind. I'm only two episodes three episodes in at this point, but someone who has watched more than me is like, like you'll see, like it it leans into the real purpose of the show. Eventually I can't, I can't speak to whether or not that's true or if this reality show will have the same effect on me, but it, it is something that I keep thinking about that they're essentially re they're essentially creating the thing and putting real human beings in the situation that, Maybe they shouldn't have been in at the start. I I would like to think that contestants will learn from their choices to prioritize self and winning and money over hurting other players in the game.
0: Look, I I, uh, again, I haven't seen the show. Um, I will just say that uh, these reality (laughs) shows are tougher than what people think they're going to be.
1: Steve, this game is dramatic. This game is dramatic. Like, everyone, everyone who's watched this show knows what I'm hinting at here. But the the cookie, the cookie situation with a particular player and how, like, the reaction that happened and, and, like, certain noises that were made and churned my stomach, I just, everyone who watched will know. But, it, it's you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. It is well, it's over the top drama, but that's why reality shows like this work. I was up until two in the morning watching the show, Steve. Uh,
0: that was me. I didn't stay up till two, but I recently finished Slow Horses season three, uh. and I meant to watch. And I'm not going to say anything about it because I think I'm still under embargo. I don't know. I can still I can talk about it. So I I meant to watch episode four of six, and I I finished it. And I'm like, well, I can't stop here because it ends in a moment where I'm like, you got to continue. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll push play. And then episode five ends. And I'm like, well, I can't stop here. Like, this is insane. And then, of course, I had to watch episode six. Uh, If you watch Slow Horses or, you know, the show on Apple TV, season three is uh, probably the best season. It's clearly spent more money this season. It's tons of action. And um, it's it's just nonstop. I love the season three is incredible.
1: It's I've heard to- how pretty good things. Maybe I will binge that in the near future. Alright, we're going to move on to our next topic, but before we do, I'm just going to let you know that our third topic of the day is not going to be a news story or anything. It's going to be us taking your live questions. We've seen in the uh, in the comments and in the live chats that a lot of you want us to do an AMA episode, a mailbag episode, and we will probably do that in the future for the full 15-20 minutes, but right now we'll dedicate the last bit of the show to taking your questions live. So start submitting them now. But first, our second official topic is just a holiday topic, something to to put the the good vibes out there and to give thanks to things that have made the two of us happy in 2023. So we've each picked three things in film and television that we are thankful for in 2023. Steve, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first?
0: You can go first.
1: All right. The first thing I am thankful for in 2023 is horror movies. It has been another very, very good year for the genre. In particular, a good year for continuing franchises and adapting IP. I've been thinking about, because we're nearing the end of the year, I've been thinking a lot about my top 10. And there's a a significant amount of horror movies in contention. I also shouldn't just say IP, also original horror. So in addition to things like Scream 6, Evil Dead Rise, then a Stephen King adaptation in The Boogeyman, talk to me. Absolutely incredible. Original horror movie, top tier work right there. And then I was very lucky to get to go to fantastic fest where i saw so many exceptional genre movies i'll throw also for tv the fall the house of usher i just feel so spoiled right now i feel so spoiled within my favorite genre and i'm grateful for it
0: yeah but who likes horror perry
1: i knew you were gonna come back with something like that (laughs) i just knew it i just knew it (laughs) what Um, are you thankful for steve
0: uh, well, I'm actually thankful for two things. Uh, this the first one is a two-part thing. One, as everyone knows, I'm a huge Superman fan, and I'm so thankful that James Gunn is making uh, a new Superman movie. It means it's actually happening. It means that I'm gonna get this movie finally, um, and I'm happy. Listen, I'm I'm over the moon about that. That's number one. And the other thing I'm thankful for is, and this is gonna sound weird, I'm thankful that Marvel's only releasing one movie next year. And that's Deadpool 3. <clears throat> I really think that the superhero genre needs, like, a pause. Mm-hmm. There's been too many films coming out, too many films. Like, I just think it needs a pause. And I think that the 2024 being, I don't think any DC movies are coming out. And uh, because Superman will be the first one in 2025. And the fact that Marvel only has one movie will allow, like, just some uh, the, like, to, the audience to want them again. You know, after a year of only getting one, I think it's going to be really good for for the for everything, and it will allow Marvel to fix the films that they've shot that are coming in 2024 to make them, you know, as good as they can be. So th- that's my number one thing for those those two things.
1: Rock solid pick right there. I'll just remind everyone we're going to take your questions in a moment, so start submitting so we can collect good ones to answer. All right, my second thing is. I am thankful for the actors and the writers who were on the picket line supporting the strike. I do know there are some points of contention in the tentative agreement that SAG struck up with the AMPTP. I'm hoping all of that, you know, turns out as well as it possibly can for everybody. But with, without the precedent that they set during these strikes... The industry would be in a very bad shape going forward in terms of how the business can and should have always been supporting the individual artists. So for all the to all the actors and writers who went above and beyond to get the best possible deals and make sure the studios understand that they work with human beings that should be that should be respected, honored, paid what they're worth, et cetera. Thank you for all your hard work because it means a lot to your particular guilds, but also every single person who works in this industry.
0: I obviously should steal that as my second, but I'll, since you brought it up, I will just say, um, I agree with everything you said. I also just noticed that there was a cat in my closet who has now emerged.
1: We are also thankful Um, for cats.
0: That is, that's very true. Uh, I was going to say I was thankful that I got to see a new David Fincher movie as I for my number two. And I'll say why, because every David Fincher movie should be um, a national holiday when it comes out. Uh, I am a huge fan of Fincher and I think a cat might be joining us right (gasps) now. Which one? Here we go. So uh, I'm thankful for our cats. And um, there we go. (laughs)
1: Wow. What a beauty shot there.
0: Um yeah he's a troublemaker uh he also would like to walk on the keyboard but um i'm gonna stop him but yeah david fincher huge fan and i'm just thankful anytime the new release comes out
1: all right that's a good one too all right so we've hit my my last item on the list and i decided to go with a with a selfish one because it made me feel good it made me happy i'm gonna say the third thing that i'm thankful for in 2023 something that might define my 2023 is my uh publicist award nomination just dude it made it made me so happy it's just like i feel so lucky to be able to do what we do on a daily basis and i think about this often just how vital publicists are. And with every single event that I go to, I feel like it illuminates another corner of their job or layer to their work that I'm not aware of that seems incredibly challenging to me. So I am in awe of what they do. I'm deeply appreciative of how what they do supports me and lets me do what I love. So when those people have decided to give me this nomination honor, like. Nothing could fill my heart more than that. So it just it made me really happy and I'm grateful for that. So thank you to anybody who voted on that and had anything to do with that.
0: Yeah, the other thing I've learned as I've been in this industry longer is how much BS publicists have to put up with because you know, you and I make requests and then they have to go through the 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 person, you know, the the um uh The publicist for the actor or director or agent. I mean, it's so much BS. Um, And, you know, so uh, I appreciate what they have also what they have to go through. Um, There's so much. Uh, much. And and as far as uh, my third pick, I am very thankful for the amount of uh, more animation being produced by the streamers uh, in terms of like adult animation. Like I'm so thankful for Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. Or the fact that Netflix just did Blue eyed Samurai, or um, what else? Scott Pilgrim on Netflix. Uh, Amazon has some cool animation that hasn't been announced yet that I know about that they're doing. Like, there's just a lot more cool animation being done. And like, if you're from Asia, in Japan, adult animation is just the norm, you know. And in America, it seems like we're finally getting there with more, and I guess it's becoming more mainstream. And I'm, I'm thankful for that.
1: That's a good pick. I'm always thankful for more animation, in particular adult animation, too. I feel like, you know, like it has gotten a lot of credit. It's not like it's, you know, relegated to this unseen corner. But I feel like adult animation needs even more attention than it gets in the States, as do cats always. Yes.
0: If it didn't mean destroying my
1: entire setup right now, I would give you an adorable shot of Malcolm just like sleeping away. But I can't do it. I can't derail this whole episode, especially before we take some, some questions here. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
1: Oh, the first one is from Bender Waffles. You know who that is? Might be someone named John. John, it's a good question. If you could have one star from the past, either someone behind the camera or in front of it, come back to do one more movie, who would it be and what would you want to see?
0: Oh, I can already answer this quickly.
1: Yeah, I have an answer too quite quickly.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see Kubrick's Napoleon.
1: Interesting, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because he spent all that time researching everything and he just, I mean, you can read the screenplay out there and all the work that he did. And so it's like basically ready. Uh, he just needs to make it. But mm-hmm. I would love to see another Stanley Kubrick movie. It's
1: a its a solid choice right there. My mind, probably no surprise to anybody out there, immediately went to wanting another Wes Craven movie, in particular wanting another Wes Craven directed Scream movie. He has one of my... Yeah, but- but I, have,
0: for... I, have to, I have to stop you. Is okay. that the movie, like, of all the directors from yeah. the past? That's the one.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we're we're taught we're also talking about a director, whether it's Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, his entire body of work. Like, he's a big part of the reason why I'm here.
0: His oh, no. work... oh, I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, when you think about all of the the filmmakers from the past, I...
1: I'm pretty, I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident in my in my choice right there. Uh, okay. I. I quite like I quite like that choice. I'm sticking with it. I love Wes Craven, clearly. I mean, I don't know if anyone could see all the Scream stuff behind me, but it's fairly obvious. Um, sure. All right. If you could have one star, if you could have one star, wait. If you could have one star from the future, either someone what? behind the camera or in front of it come in the future. What does that even mean, Adam? A star of the future? I don't know. Question. Do you think The Holdovers is going to sneak in and win more awards than people think? I'll let you answer first, Steve, because I have big feelings on this.
0: Um, well, you're more of an expert at FYC stuff than me, but I think that uh, it's one of my favorite. I've said it many times. It's one of my favorite films of the year. I think Paul Giamatti is incredible in it. Um, Divine, do you pronounce it Divine or?
1: Divine Joy Randolph.
0: Yeah, uh, she is fantastic. Um I I think Alexand- I think the script is I mean I think the movie is easily one of the best of the year. I don't know I don't I don't know enough about the FYC stuff to know what it can win. You know what I mean in terms of in the competition, but I think it's getting nominated for an awful lot of things. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's going to get nominated for a bunch of things. In particular, I think she's gonna get a nomination. I think Paul Giamatti is gonna get a nomination. I think Dominic Sessa has a good chance of getting like, you know, one of one of the last slots in that particular category where there's a lot of competition. Alexander Payne, I'm I still have him in my best director category, possibly for screenwriting too. And then what I keep saying all along is it is firmly in the race to get a best picture nomination. I still think it is that movie that's going to capture more and more hearts and build more positive buzz, be a good word of mouth, where right now I think we're seeing something like Killers of the Flower Moon, maybe that conversation is dwindling. And as it dwindles, its chances are I still think it's going to get nominated for certain things, but its chances are going down, whereas I think the opposite is going to happen with the holdovers where it's going to go up and up and up and up. Maybe it won't take best picture from my current predicted winner, Oppenheimer, but I think it does have a chance at least of being the upset winner. So that's where I stand on that.
0: Sure, I don't, I personally don't think, I don't think anything is going to knock Oppenheimer from best picture and best director, but that that's obviously my opinion. Uh, but I just think it's just too strong and it's Nolan's year. And Nolan is going to, he's doing all the screenings, He's talking and he has the winning ticket. He really does. I just don't I just don't even though I think holdovers is incredible. Yeah. Oppenheimer is just a cinematic achievement. And it, it it's just it was incredible in movie theaters. I, I just think it's the I just think it wins.
1: I get it. I get it. I can't argue against that point. All right, we'll end with this question. Steve. Do you think *The Hunger Games*, *The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes* should be one movie or two, <laughs> and why? No spoilers in your answer.
0: <clears throat> I saw the movie yesterday. I absolutely think it's one movie. I do not think it should have been divided up. I think it's one long film. Without getting into spoilers, I, I think that the the it all belongs in one film. It really does. Uh, and I don't think that it would have worked as two films because I don't think people with this kind of with this there's like a lot of action in the movie and then there's not. And I don't think that the movie would have worked as just like, uh, I, anyway, I, I really think it, it works great as one movie.
1: Okay. I I have two differing opinions on this. Everybody knows in my review at this point that I said the first two thirds of this movie are exceptional. The last third is solid, but it's just clearly not as good as the first two thirds and I found that the last third was rather was rather rushed. And I think that portion of the story would have benefited from having more time to live in that space. Can and I, I still stand by that point.
0: Can I ask, I have yeah. not read the book. Have you read the book? I have read the book. So in the, without getting into spoilers, the, the stuff that's the last third of the movie, yes. Is that a big, like is that a huge part of the book where it's extended out?
1: I can't remember exact percentages, but i I also think that when you're adapting things, the experience of reading something versus watching it is is different in terms of like how you're engaging and putting yourself in that space. and you know, maybe even inferring things for yourself. for for me, at least as a reader, I find that getting that lived in experience via the book was was more effective than what I got through the movie, where the movie, it felt a little like they're hitting the important bullet points, but in order for all those bullet points to be as believable as they can be, I needed to live in that part of Panem a little longer. If you know I, what I by mean. Way, I,
0: I understand, like, listen, I'm not, I'm saying if they had made that a second movie, I would have gone to see it, But I, but I thought that this movie for like, I thought it was really good. It is really I thought, good.
1: So I will, I I will very, say, yeah. I think as is, this movie is, is like a complete story in particular for Snow. So I understand why they keep it intact for that reason. And I also understand for the other reason that you were just touching on a little bit, the idea that if this were to be split into two movies, The first part would be a much easier sell for the Blockbuster audience than the second. I think there was a world where the second portion could have been marketable Via like a brilliant writer who could have expanded that part of the story in a genius way that I'm not capable of. But I do understand that if they had split it in the movie, one would be far easier to market and make their money back than the other. So I respect the decision regardless of how I feel about the first two thirds versus the last
0: third. I I also think that the movie, I understand why the running time is what it is, but I would say that it would work even better if you did have another 15 20 minutes in the third act you know like if you you could I, expand it out for an extended cut and it would work great you maybe know maybe that home.
1: would have been the maybe that would have been the fix that would have appeased you know everyone no matter how you felt about it maybe an extra 15 minutes would have kind of done the trick
0: yeah but I mean, who knows maybe they shot what all right this still this a great movie
1: is, still a great movie this
0: guy by the way is nothing but trouble literally he is a, a, a whirlwind of, of problems
1: dude likes Love the camera him. likes the camera well, oh, not anymore changed his yeah. mind stage fright all right with that that is a wrap on this friday edition of collider dailies for everybody out there carrying your holiday celebrations through the weekend i hope it is filled with more good food more good people and also hopefully lots of good shopping do you have anything on your wish list steve are you gonna go buy anything
0: I hope that uh, I'll tell people who are still who are still watching. um, And I I think I said this to you before we started. I don't buy myself anything on Black Friday, but Black we have obviously cats and Ah. Black Friday is a great day to go um, uh, food shopping for your animals because Petco and Amazon and other places have big sales on pet food. So I just bought some food off Petco this morning in Amazon because they were having some great deals.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm not going to the mall to go shopping. I'm going to the mall today to be on oh anti-duty God. and take my niece to see Trolls. So that is my Friday.
0: You could not force me to a mall on Black Friday. No chance. I mean,
1: it's the movie theater part. I'm hoping people will be so busy shopping that there's going to be no one in the movie theater. But I, I, I want movies to do well, so I don't know why I said that. All right, we're leaving. Everybody have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you bright and early Monday morning or afternoon, depending on where you live, for a brand new edition of Collider Dailies.